This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. The TMS Podcast at the Ashes. Download and subscribe via the BBC Sounds app. But it's going to be caught and England have won the Ashes. Palmerson from the far end bowls the first ball of the series. Oh my word, it's gone straight to second slip. Boycott is out, first ball, LBW, England one for none. What a sensation. The edge is caught and third slip, there's 500. First ball after tee, McGrath celebrates. Botham swings again, hits that, it's six runs, it's six runs, that's his hundred. Welcome to Edgebaston, where Australia have gone 1-0 up in the Ashes series, their first victory on this ground since 2001. England needed to bat out the day, but they were all out for 146 before a quarter past three, losing by 251 runs. I'll get the post-match thoughts of Michael Vaughan shortly. I'll chat to the man of the match, Steve Smith, and captains Joe Root and Tim Payne. But first, let's hear the Australian moment of triumph with Geoffrey Boycott and Jim Maxwell in the box. Cummins tries again and Wokes is gliding the oh, ball off old. the glove. He's out. He's caught at second slip. It's all over. And they're hugging each other down there. Steve Smith took the catch. Australia have come up with the most gratifying, memorable win from where they were at 8 for 122. The margin of 251 runs. And they've been all over England today. And this has been a comprehensive victory for Australia, who for so many tours to this country have been denied by very good cricket from England. They've been close on a couple of occasions since 2001, but now they go one up in this Ashes series with this huge victory led by the spin bowling of Nathan Lyon. They've won the game by 251 runs. Geoffrey. Well, they bowled England out in the fourth innings in four hours. As simple as that. And England struggled to bowl Australia out. Uh, first innings when they had a 122 for eight and certainly struggled a great deal harder in the second innings. Yet England got bowled out in four hours. And if they're really honest about it, brutally honest, two got themselves out because they couldn't play the short ball very well today, they ducked and made a mess of it, and they should have stood up and played it and there were a couple of other shots Jason Roy's running down the pitch when you're trying to save the match if you went into things, you'd say, well hang on well played Australia, you've outplayed England, but you could have and should have done a bit better well they would have changed the course of the match, is different but you should have done a hell of a lot better than you have done Smith's batting has oh, that chiefly been the difference? Big difference, huge. Bradman-esque, not quite, you know, but he's, he's way out in front of anybody in the world today of making runs, and that's what the job is. You can talk about aesthetics, being a beautiful cover driver or a fantastic onside player or hooks for a quick bowl as well. The idea of batting is to get runs. Bowlers get wickets, and in terms of getting runs, he gets more than anybody. It's simple. Glenn McGrath's here. He, uh, he played here in a, a very big win in 2001. Uh, didn't manage to play in 2005, as we all know. But here, along with a lot of Aussies, he's watched Australia come up 
with what uh, you'd have to describe as a memorable, a famous victory. Glenn. Oh, very much so, Jim. You know, to think that Australia were 122 for 80 in that first innings and to win by 200 and, what was it, 251 is an amazing effort. You know, we can talk about Steve Smith, that incredible batting in both innings. Matthew Wade in the second innings was great. But you know, a lot comes back to the toss. And there's been a lot of talk about the pitch and it was going to be a green seamer and for Tim Payne to win the toss and to bat first on there. There's a few questions floating around, but it was definitely the right decision to bat first. And uh, you know, when they amassed that score yesterday, they are right on top in this game. And you know, it's all about creating chances. They created 10 fairly quick chances today. And some of the English batsmen didn't help too much. But fifth day pitch, turning square for the fast bowlers up and down. So, uh, yeah, very big win. And just what the Australian team needed. And just what the boys coming back into the team, Bancroft, Warner and Smith, to come over to England and to have a win first test. Is now, big. you were hesitant before this series about giving a prediction. Yep. What's your prediction now for this series? I was only hesitant because I didn't want to be predictable. Everyone thinks I'm just going to come out and say 5-0 at the start of a test. So I thought I'd wait till the second, uh, to the end of the first test match. So, yeah, test assessing, I, I might make a bold prediction and go 5-0. To the five Aussies. Nil. To the Aussies. What a surprise. Well, there you go. No rain, 5 nil. But then Australia, what's that, seven tests in a row? Andrew, that uh, out of eight tests against England, they've won the last seven? Won the last seven with the draw at Melbourne in between, that's it, yeah. Mm. So, so basically, I, basically, I should be saying 11 nil. Well, England have got some work to do, you would think, to be more competitive in this series. And thank you, Agus, for giving me the chance to call a victory here at Edgbaston. Over to you. Yeah, a rare opportunity for you, Jim, and one that you won't get for a while. Uh, <laughs> but it's tradition, isn't it? And it's, it's the way we always do it. And well done. And as always, you, you called it immaculately, although uh, it wouldn't have been poetry to the ears of many England supporters. 251 runs. That's quite a hammering, isn't it? So, yes, we're gathered down here and the, uh, the presentations will happen. We'll hear from both captains. We'll hear from the man of the match, the usual, uh, usual sort of a thing. But uh, I must admit, over recent years, I've been used to lots of cheering and shouting and everyone uh, smiling and being happy because England tended, have tended to have won uh, so many of their home games. But, uh, well, not the case today. And there were some rather long faces among the England players as I uh, made my way out onto the outfield here. I had to walk through them as they were shaking the Australian players' hands. Anyway, we shall hear what's going on. Michael Vaughan is here. 251 runs. I mean, I, I really thought, and I, I'm not just saying it, but I honestly really thought England might get through today. Yeah, I mean, uh, that early blow, you know, when you lose Rory Burns, uh, good bouncer by Pat Cummins, um, once I started to see it spin so much, very, very difficult batting last on a day five wicket against quality in Nathan Lyon, the quality of Cummins, Pattinson and Siddles. I thought Siddle was probably the most unlucky bowler not to have picked up a wicket. He was seeing it either way. Um, you know, you're looking at a few days ago, England had Australia 122 for eight and to have lost by 251. There's a few warning signs there that this Australian side, you know, if many have said it before the series that they're very well prepared. They've got a, a squad of players and when you play five test matches in the space of seven weeks, it will take a squad. Now England have got to look at the squad now and go, right, how can the squad get picked up for a week and a half time at Lords? This Australian squad, you look at Mitchell Stark, Josh Hazelwood, I'm pretty sure Stark will come in at Lords, probably rest the likes of uh, maybe Siddle or Pattinson. So the Aussies will jiggle their pack for the conditions. They got it right this week playing Peter Siddle. Those runs that he scored in the first innings were crucial for them to get in the 284. 
Uh, England getting a nice run lead and you think, come on, you need your spinner. And Moinelli just didn't bowl well enough in the second innings. And we have witnessed uh, a great, great player in Steve Smith that's made a massive, massive difference. You know, you're looking at, from an Aussie perspective, they've got a, a player at four that's, you know, the front page of the Telegraph today have likened him to the Don. And Tom Bradman, that's how well he's played. In England, you lose Jimmy Anderson inside four overs. England have played with ten men. You know, and when you've got Jimmy Anderson not bowling, you've got Moen Ali struggling for form and not bowling well enough, it makes it very, very difficult to compete on this kind of wicket. You know, it's been slow and a bit, a bit turgid. There's not been the pace, there's not been the movement. Uh, and if the conditions stay like this and they stay slow, well, Nathan Lyon and the likes of Steve Smith, for me, will be the difference between the two teams. Although England have lost, or maybe in the light of England having lost, how important do you think that Anderson decision was? I mean, someone's got that, that wrong, and, and, and questions have to be asked about, about this. But how significant do you think that was? Yeah, I don't think they'll point the fingers. I think Jimmy will stick his hand up. You know, Jimmy declared himself fit. When you've got a, a bowler of Jimmy's skill, experience, and he turns and says, I'm fit, you have to go with him. You know, so Jimmy would be the one that's good. He doesn't need telling that. You can see from his body language. See, I would counter that, or just offer the extra thought that you can only say you're fit in the tests that you're given. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and you need to play a game. Yeah, and, and that'll be probably what comes from this game, that whoever's coming back from an injury will have to have played a game. And, you know, Joffrey Archer will play in the second team this week to make sure that he's had a day's bowl and then a, another day's bowling. You need to test your bodies over the course of two or three days when you're going to play a test match, not just four overs in a T20. Uh, I, I worry about this England side because the World Cup's massive for them. You know, once you've achieved that huge high to then two weeks later come and play in this kind of series all right it sounds like an excuse but emotionally I do have a concern about two or three of the England players you're looking at Moeen Ali Joss Butler looks a little bit shot to me yeah. Johnny Bairstow you know all these players that have been around the World Cup you only have to go back to 2011 when India won the World Cup they lost the next test series Australia won the World Cup in 2015 they lost the next test series it's very very difficult but England won't I'm sure make any excuses they'll know that there were stages this week where they should have grab the situation one two two for eight you don't allow the opposing team to get 284 no. they weren't quite ruthful enough played all right with the bat in the first innings in particular Rory Burns and then in the second innings you've got a 90 run lead you get a couple of early wickets you need your spinner you know you need your spinner to produce on this kind of wicket and unfortunately for Joe Root in England Moen Ali just wasn't good enough this week Still waiting for presentations here. The uh, noise you heard over there was actually Nathan Lyon going over and saying hello to all the Australian supporters. And there are a lot of them. When you come out here onto the field, you actually see them all gathered. I mean, there's, uh, there's a lot here uh, in their green shirts and, uh, and gold caps, and they're looking very pleased themselves. So a nice gesture there from the off-spinner. He's taking six for 49 and has bowled England out here uh, for 146. I don't know. You look at the scores... Michael, Australia 487 for seven yesterday, England 146, and that's a massive disparity. I guess if, if the ball doesn't move laterally and there's a little bit of swing and seam, this has got mess written over this series for the England side. Joffrey Archer will come in, of course, he'll add a bit of pace and a bit of bounce, he might make a difference, but this England side need lateral movement. If it's slow and it's low and it's a little bit turgid and you're reliant on your spinner, they have a world-class one in Nathan Lyon. He's got 350-odd test match wickets. You know, you're looking at Moen's record over the last year, it's very, very good, but I'm just looking at body language and, and the bounce of a bowler, and, and, and Moen's bounce this week wasn't there and his accuracy wasn't there, and, you know, maybe he can get it right for Lords, you know, but they'll also look at potentially bringing in a left-arm spinning Jack Leach because that is the slight, the slight kind of uh, area of 
I guess where you can target Steve Smith is left arm spin. He averages 34. Every other bowler, he pretty much averages 80 or 90 again. So I think England will have to go down that route. But it's more the, the mentality that I, I have concerns over two or three of them, from the World Cup yes. to now playing in this series. How are they going to get that mentality, that concentration and that real drive back for a week on Wednesday at Lords? That's a real concern for me for the team. And then there'll be people shouting at the radio saying, come on, Michael, exactly. they've won the World Cup, they had a wake-up call against Ireland, they've been beaten here, and they've got to lift themselves yeah. for an Ashes test at Lords. are you serious? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, I can understand people saying that, but high-level sport sometimes drains the life out of you. When you've achieved so much and for four years, particularly someone like Josh Butler, he's a dedicated white ball specialist that's playing test match cricket and playing it quite well. But, you know, when you've achieved that level... And you've been on that podium lifting the World Cup. I just worry. And, and Dave Young did a wonderful job in the World Cup. When they lost that game against Sri Lanka and then they went to Lords and lost against Australia, everyone went, wait a minute, this World Cup campaign is going to be a disaster. You know, a few weeks later, they're lifting the World Cup. Dave Young worked his magic. He yeah. needs to work his magic even more so now with this group of players to get them believing, get them back fighting and getting them back playing to a standard where I know they can be competitive, but they will need lateral movement. If the ball doesn't do a great deal or it's slow wickets, I think this series could be one where Australia completely wipe the floor with England because they've got a better spinner and they've got a batsman at number four on slower wickets that you can't get out. You can't get him out on a slower wicket. You need a little bit of zip in the surface. You need those edges to be carrying through to the slip, uh, slip cordon. So they need yeah. a little bit more action out of the wicket. Perhaps they need to get some grass they, on. And... Well, they'll have to gamble. It might. Yeah. Look, they still might get beat because the likes of Cummins, Stark and Hazelwood and co. But I just think this team, we've said it for a while, when the wickets get a little bit flatter and slower and you require your spin, they're not that competitive. They do need a little bit of movement through the air. Rory Burns, I mean, if you're looking at things, you know, we'll hear about the positives in a minute, no doubt, from Joe. <laughs> He'll find some. And he will say, obviously, that Rory Burns scoring his first 100 will be, will be one of those. Well, he played great. You know, he batted a whole day. He batted on every day of the Test match. And, yep. you know, that is a positive for England that they found an opening batsman that played well this week. You know, can he do it again a week on Wednesday? Um, you know, he showed a huge amount of skill, discipline and, and great technique on that, uh, that first innings. You know, I think uh, you can't be critical of the way England batted in the first innings. I thought they, yeah. they showed us all what we've been asking for a long period of time. Can you bat a long period? Can you wear the opposing bowlers down? And they did that. You know, so the first innings batting was fine. It was just with the ball in hand this week. They were exposed when Jimmy got injured. Now, the captain, it, it'll, be, it'll be hurting because no one likes to lose. And no one likes to lose, in particular to Australia. But, you know, from an ex-captain to not have your best bowler for the whole test match to have your spinner not producing it's very very difficult to compete you're a bit stuck aren't you well it's, it's hard to compete you're playing with nine and a half, nine and a yeah. half men really and, and that's not being you know uh, negative to the base it's the realistic uh, message that this week England were playing with nine and a half and on a pitch like that you know if Graham Swan's in the England side this week pretty sure they win if Jimmy Anderson's fit for the full week I'm pretty sure that England would come a lot closer than losing to to Australia to 251. These little sways, and you just look at Ashes series of the past, you know, an injury to Glenn McGrath here in 2005 got us back into the Test series. I just wonder whether that injury to Jimmy Anderson, I can't see how he's going to be fit. You know, at best, will he be fit for the last Test? Who's to say that the Ashes series will still be alive by the last yeah. uh, Test match? So that's, for me, a massive moment. The Australian batsmen, the technical side of all their players, knowing that they won't have to face Jimmy Anderson, it's a massive boost for a team, as it was for us in 2005, when we knew that Glenn McGraw wasn't going to play a full part here and we knew that he'd struggle across the games that he was going to play because you can't get an injury like that back so soon. 
You know, he gives your dressing room a big lift, and I'm sure Jimmy's injury has given the Aussies a big, big lift. Well, let's find out how the England camp is after that. Uh, Joe, how do you uh, how do you think about that? What are you, what's your feelings? Yeah, it's frustrating. You know, I fully thought we'd be able to get through today. Um, you know, credit to Australia bowled very well. I thought the majority of the dismissals we, we were got out. Um, and we have to take it on the chin. We, you know, we've come back strong, come back hard at Lords, and, and make sure that we. Uh, you know, right up for the fight and um, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Seems quite hard to lose a test for 120 for eight, isn't it, on the first first day? Yeah, it's disappointing. Um, as I say, we, we got ourselves in a really strong position and you know, credit to Steve Smith, I thought he batted exceptionally well throughout the whole test match. Um, and, uh, you know, that partnership was very frustrating. Even after the first innings, you know, we are in a, a good position, um, you know, getting a, a strong lead like that. And um, it's one of those things where we, you know, we have to have a look and... Um, make sure that we, you know, respond better in those positions for the line. Yeah. Inevitably, uh, we need to ask about James Anderson and the, and the process that led him being fit for only four overs. How did that come about? Well, it was a, he passed the whole fitness test. You know, he, he was in terms of selection, we were, went about it how you how you normally would. Um, and it's one of those freak things where you know you, you pull up half. Uh, in the middle of a game uh, and we just have to take that on the chin I thought bowlers worked extremely hard to to take on that workload um, but weren't quite able to um, to build the pressure that we like to take take the 20 wickets yeah. Don't you think he needed to have played a game first to, to have properly tried it rather than just bowling in nets and so on? These things are always easy to say in hindsight um, You know, I, I think he, he went through all of, all of the medical tests absolutely fine Absolutely ready to go. Um, it was a unanimous, unanimous decision from all parties to, for him to play this game, and um, you know that's part and parcel of Test cricket. Sometimes things go against you, and, and you've got to find different ways of, of getting yourself back into the game. And as I say, to, to get them into that position with um, a bowler down was, was a fantastic effort, and uh, it's, it's just slightly frustrating. But you know we have to move forward and, and not dwell on it too much going into the rest of the series. How much did it hobble you, and especially in Australia's second innings there, with Moeen not bowling as, as well as he has done in the past? How much did you miss Anderson? You're always going to miss someone of Jimmy's calibre. Um, you know, even in that first innings, you're looking at managing workloads throughout the whole game. Um, not just that, you know, he has fantastic record at this ground against Australia and England. Um, in general, it is, it is a big blow for anyone, but you know, I still feel very capable of of taking wickets and being a bit more competitive than we were and you know we have to make sure that we're um, right back at our best and, and perform like we did early on in the test match throughout the, the rest of the series Just a last thought Joe that noise was for uh, Steve Smith the, the man of the match how are you going to stop him sort of becoming this enormous unbeatable character I mean he, 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 he nicked one in the second didn't he he's, you know, just outside the off stump didn't he, is, is he I mean, he's human yeah, absolutely. He's got to start again at Lords. Um, you know, we've got to make sure that we, we make it very difficult for him to, to get in. Um, you see him when he does get in, he, he's very greedy and he, he makes big scores. And you know, we've we've seen when the ball does move around, can be vulnerable in these conditions as as he was on the last tour. So we have to exploit that when we can. Joe, thanks for talking to us. Cheers, we'll thanks. see you at Lords. There we are. Well, he sounds um, pretty determined. Uh, the uh, the England captain. I'm being taken over to the other side. Now we're going over here, are we? OK, well, um, while we do so, Michael Vaughan's still here. What did you make of, uh, of what uh, Joe had to say there? I mean, he said that, that Anderson went through all the checks and it was a unanimous decision, but so the fact is he, didn't, he, he hadn't played a game. No, no, and you're right. I mean, you know, I'm sure that'll change in time, but 
You know, I, I do think that they, they, they are unfortunate in a way because you've got this 37-year-old legend of English cricket and he'd have been saying, I'm absolutely fine. You know, as a captain in that position, I'm pretty sure I'd have gone exactly the same and gone, you know what, Jimmy, you're playing this week. You know, because you do when you have someone like that in your team and he's passed all the tests. The one thing that's completely different in a mad situation is the tension that goes through your body. You know it yourself that when you, particularly in an Ashes series, you are a little bit more tense and nervous. And I guess that'll be a lesson that England will learn going forward that I'm sure they'll say from now on in that any, any it doesn't matter what the legendary status that player is at, in the future I'm sure they'll say you've got to play a game to make sure that you can get through three or four days out in the field, bowling 20 overs a day. Uh, they may say he bowled 20 overs but it wasn't at a batsman, it wasn't in the tension of a game and no. you know we all know that in a game situation your body just tenses, tenses up that little bit more so than in practice. It's waiting for Tim Payne now who's giving a television interview uh, at the moment. Uh, if you are just tuning our way, it's one of those spits and spots of rain falling actually. Uh, that'd be ironic, wouldn't it? Where was it? Adelaide, wasn't it? In 10-11, where it rotted down just when England won. And <laughs> it's, uh, it is just one or two spits and spots. Nothing, nothing too serious. It was a huge storm that day, I seem to recall. But uh, anyway, here comes Tim Payne. So we're going to try and uh, deflect him uh, over here. Congratulations, Tim. How does that feel? Uh, it's very satisfying. Um, yeah, we struggled a little bit early on day one, but I thought uh, the way we stuck to it, um, addressed a few things between innings, and then I thought we were excellent with both bat and ball in the second innings. You were very confident when you decided to bat first. Were you, were you a little bit, um, were you, I don't know, a bit uh, uneasy at 122 for eight? Um, no, it wasn't, wasn't overly. I know the one thing Ricky Potting taught me a long time ago is to, to bat first because it's always easier to bat on day one than it is on day five, and I think we'll prove him correct today. How do you assess the fellow behind you there, uh, Steve Smith? I mean, everything that's gone on, all the history and everything else, how do you assess what he's come here and done over these last five days? Oh, it's been unbelievable. Not just the last five days, the, the last sort of five or six weeks he's been back around our group. He's, um, he's huge. He's, he makes guys walk a bit taller. I heard um, Michael say, well, read his Twitter yesterday, and I tend to agree. I think he's the best test batsman we've ever seen, and um, he seems to be getting better, which is scary. Yeah. And in terms of the emotion of it... And where he's been, which is, let's face it, pretty broken, frankly. Yeah. Just uh, when, when he when he celebrated his hundred, you see, almost hit him. Yeah, I think so. It speaks a lot about him um, as a person. You know, he's been through a really tough time. He he came to England. He's been here for probably three months now. He's copped it all day, every day. Yes. Um, and for for someone to be able to put that aside and just bat is, um, it shows incredible sort of mental toughness and, and concentration and uh, when you put that with the immense skill he's got he's, he's a pretty good package yeah. I mean do you think it's time that that finished all that stuff oh, I, I don't think it matters I think that's what it is when you come to England as an Australian test team I think everyone's going to cop it it seems no matter who's out on the fence you're copying a gobfield but um, you know I think we've spoken about it as a group we know how we want to handle it and um, we did it superbly well done. Tim, we'll see you at Lords. Thank you very much for talking to us. Steve Smith, well, I don't know where to start with you. Okay. You better, better tell me. I mean, how does it feel? Oh, it feels pretty, uh, pretty special. Um, yeah, winning the first Ashes Test match of the, the summer here, um, it's always really special. Um, you know how big the first Test match is, so, yeah, to be 1-0 up now, very pleasing. That wasn't what I meant, and you know it. How does it feel for you? Uh, great. Um, you know, I'm, I'm loving being back playing cricket for Australia doing what I love and and contributing to to wins um, it's been a pretty special week uh, to, to score 200s in an Ashes test match um, first time I've ever done that in any form of cricket in my life so if you have done it <laughs> yeah so very special very pleased and, and very proud yeah when you were 
at your lowest point, and it, you must have had some over the last 18 months or so. How did you imagine that you would come back? I mean, how, did, you, did you sit there and, I don't know, just, just sort of dream about getting back here and, 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 and what would happen if you did? No, I didn't really have those sort of dreams or, or anything. I don't know. It was just sort of letting time pass. And um, when I got my, my brace off my elbow after I had surgery, it was, it was like something just clicked and it was like, right, I'm ready to play cricket again and I'm ready to, to go out and, and do what I love. Um, I did lose that love for a little bit. Yes. But um, got it back and, um, yeah, back doing what I love, which is, which is great. What was the first thing you thought of when you got that 100? You ran down this end. It just seemed like it sort of hit you. <laughs> Don't burst into tears. <laughs> I thought you were going to. <laughs> I was close. I had to, to hold, have a few deep breaths. Yeah. Um, it was really special. It was probably almost just as special as, I think, my first 100 I scored here back in, in 2013. Um, yeah, it was just a, a huge moment and a real, almost a relief to get that sort of first one out of the way um, coming back in. Yeah. And the, and the noise? I mean, there was quite a lot of it. You, you just deal with that now, can you? Yeah, um, obviously copping a bit of stick out there and, and stuff, but I'm not really paying much attention to, to that. Um, fortunately, we've got a, a good Aussie contingent. You have, they've well. been noisy too. Yeah, they're, they're trying to take on the Barmy Army, which is, which is pretty tough, I reckon. Um, yeah. they're, a pre, they're a big crew, but, um, you know, they're, they're creating a good atmosphere for us and, you know, we're grateful that there's so many people come over here to watch us play in the Ashes. Well done, Steve. Man of the match. Uh, you're also the winner of our champagne moment. I'll, I'll give you that at Lord's. There's another of those and you'll enjoy it. Beautiful. Thank you. Well played. No worries. Thanks. Okay. Steve Smith, there you go. The, uh, the man of the match is off clutching one uh, champagne. I, do you know, that's really nice. I, I, he just looked like he was going to cry, yeah, didn't he, when he got that right. moment? I, I think they, what you should do, Agus, is try and make sure he has some of that champagne before he bats. Well. I think it's England's only chance. Oh, he, he speaks great. I mean, you can just see that... He's, he's loving being back. You know, we're, we're witnessing a special talent. You know, I know he's, he's had his bad times, he's come back. Um, you know, I think the England supporters, they'll, they'll continue to boo him when he arrives to the crease. But I thought in the second innings when they realise he, he gets a 50 and it, there wasn't as many boos. And when he got his second 100, I think the whole ground, I think the whole country over the course of the next few weeks are going to realise that we've got a special player. And we, we, we have to enjoy, unfortunately, those kind of talents in our great game because... He is a craftsman and a, and a wonderful exhibitionist of how to score runs in all conditions. Exactly. England, will, England will fancy that if the ball's moving around a bit, um, they'll be able to snick him off. In that first innings when he got his 100, you know, he played and missed at 17 deliveries because there was just a little bit more nibble there. And you know, I think that's why it's important that there is a little bit of lateral movement for England. Yeah. If there is, I still think they can get him out quite cheaply. You know, he, he's so good that he'll probably get two or three more hundreds in the series, but you know, you just feel that if there's a little bit there, the seamers will fancy the chances. If the pitches are like this and there's sl slowness and there's not a great deal of swing and it's down to the spinner, I'm afraid you might as well book him in for bed and breakfast every single week because it's very difficult to dislodge him, but, you know, we're witnessing a, a, a great, great player. Yeah, but, but every generation's had one, haven't they? Sometimes more than one, actually. You had Tendulkas and your Laras and Viv Richards in my day and, and others. It, there is a danger that you can overbuild it, can't you? I mean, mm -hmm. they are still human. Yeah, absolutely. They've still got a little bat in their hands. You're bowling out there, and there are lots of ways in which you can get them out. Yeah, and I, and I think that's what England have to do. I mean, all the tactics are... You know, I can imagine Joe's like scratching his head and Trevor of how to bowl to Steve Smith, but I think just basics now. You know, it's got to be full of length on and around off stump. Try and bring him forward. Try and snick him off. If you get it to, to nip back, 
uh, hope he misses one and you know as you said he's human and he can make mistakes yesterday morning he came out Brody had a, a nice field extra cover was just a little bit deep he'd have been on the catch you know he drove one in the air you know because they opened up mid on he just tried to get it down towards mid on and he had a leading edge you know so you can get to a player I mean he's, he's as you said he's a human being but yeah. he's so driven and he practices so hard and he hits so many balls and he doesn't get bored you know, that's why I put him in the greatest, because he just doesn't get bored. Brian Law was a great, great player, but you always felt that Brian might have the odd late night or two and yes. arrive a bit tired, whereas this guy, I just think he has full dedication to make sure that, you know, this is his redemption back into Test cricket. And once you get a player like that, starting like he has done this week, England are going to have to do something to keep him quiet. One person who, he'll reflect, obviously, sadly on the result, but actually it's been a very good game for him, and so has Lars Stuart Broad, mm. who... Quite fringe, but you know what I mean. You didn't quite feel that he was absolutely nailed on for this series. Yeah, I mean he, he was great, and, and and Stuart now has to step up even more. You know, Jimmy Anderson's looking like being out for a few Test matches. Uh, Stuart's the senior pro. Chris Wokes, these guys, Joe Roots are really going to need those those senior core players that you know generally like this big stage. Brody loves playing in an Ashes series. He likes the hype. He likes the atmosphere, and he delivered again. You know, he has to do it again for the England team a week on Wednesday, as does Chris Wokes. Ben Stokes had a decent week. You know, he looked a little bit tired yesterday, but, you know, it's just the World Cup winners, Aggers. I have concerns about That's why I talk about David Jung, the psychologist. He has a job to do with those players to make sure by a week on Wednesday the team are galvanised, they get that belief back somehow, and they come out and win that first day. That's what Lords is about. You win the first day, you get back in the series. One sentence answer Can England win at Lords? Uh, they can, but they'll have to improve by. I don't know what the percentage is, but it's a lot. The TMS Podcast at the Ashes. Download and subscribe via the BBC Sounds app. So that's all the reaction from down on the field. Look out for the Tuffers and Vaughan podcast with special guest Mitchell Johnson. You can watch the highlights of this game via the cricket section of the BBC Sport website and app. And the next live cricket is a KSL triple header Tuesday from 2.30. Then, it's a second Ashes test. That's starting on Wednesday, the 14th of August, and we'll have a podcast ahead of that. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts.